Hello world, I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to the 124th Church Mag Podcast. Phil, tell us tell us what makes you geek out the most. Um, that's a that's a that's a tough question because I'm really into a lot of different weird geeky stuff. Um, well tell us some of the things. This week's podcast is brought to you by Finding Faith Inside the Big Blue Box, a Whovian's 30-day devotional. Written by our very own Phil Schneider. Phil uses Doctor Who as a backdrop for this 30-day devotional that will walk you through basic elements of your Christian faith in full Doctor Who fashion. You can purchase Finding Faith Inside the Big Blue Box on Amazon or directly from Church Mag Press at churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. On this week's episode, I had a chance to sit down with Phil and ask him some personal questions, giving us all a chance to get to know Phil Schneider a little better. If you'd like to ask Phil a question, you can use the CMAGCast hashtag or send us a message directly at podcast at churchmag, and Phil will answer your question on an upcoming episode. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. This week, I have with me... Phil Schneider, Jeremy. Jeremy woke up this morning not feeling very well, so um, we sent him. We sent him homesick, and so like we did before, like we did another time before, either after this or before this, depending on when we released them. Uh, I interviewed Jeremy on the podcast, and so we are in turn going to do Phil. We're going to inter- interview Hi. Phil Schneider. Yes, that's right. So Phil. Just like with Jeremy, I'm going to start with a very, very difficult question. We just want to get these difficult questions out of the way first, okay? All righty. You ready? You scared? A little bit, actually. <laughs> I would be, too. All right. What is your favorite breakfast cereal? Uh, it's uh, Captain Crunch. Uh, peanut butter Captain Crunch is my favorite variety of that as well. You, peanut butter Captain Crunch. You are a man after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> I just had um, crunch berries, which are which are good. My daughter likes those, so we keep we, we were stocked on those pretty consistently. But if I had my druthers, I'd have peanut butter Kevin Crunch. My son loves peanut butter, and so we're we're kind of getting him warmed up to the um, not really warmed up to the idea of America. We were kind of getting excited about moving back to the states a little bit, and we told him about these things called peanut butter crunch, and he's 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 already in love. He cannot wait to get his mouth on those. That's awesome. All right, Phil. Tell us a little bit about your family. I mean, here you are, you're talking about church tech, you're writing awesome blog posts, but you know, who's Phil Schneider? Who are you? Who's your family? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm, I'm me. Uh, I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm, you feel self-conscious when you're interviewed, right? Okay. I'm 32 years old and, uh, (laughs) I have a, my, I'm a wife of just over nine years, celebrated nine years earlier this month. And we've got a five and three quarters little girl. And, um, yeah, that's my family. We've got a dog who is obnoxious and, um, on her last leg. So, which I think a while ago, a while ago, you said that, um, that, yeah, because your dog was on the last leg. One of the things is she, she blew out her barker. She's, is. Yeah, she can bark, but like you can hear like how it's her barker is strained. So she's like me. She's got that vocal box. I've always thought that dogs and their owners often matched, and it's highlighted in in the 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 film 
101 Dalmatians. Yeah. And it really is true. So the fact that you have blown out your voice box and your dog has too, to me, is just so hilarious. It is. A, it's a cute little bit of irony, yeah. <laughs> but unlike unlike... Unlike you, your dog is not six foot seven. Nope. And unlike me, we're not paying for her to have surgery to fix her voice. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, some people are thinking, Wow, Phil's dog doesn't bark. Or when it does, it's not very loud. That's so cool. How do <laughs> No no, it's very loud. It's very loud. It's just this it's this weird wheezy strain on the end. That like you can hear like, Well, that sounds like it's a regular bark for the first Let's say a bark lasts 10 seconds. The first eight are very normal, but the last two are like, well, that's kind of a weird, wheezy, death rattly strain on the end there. Yep, she blew out her barker. No one will attempt to, to break into your home upon hearing that bark. No, no, it's like, a, like the devil's dog. <laughs> Phil, what, what's your day job, ma'am? What do you do day by day? Uh, I'm a public school teacher, and I'm also uh, a, part, a minister uh, part-time. So I teach, I teach, uh, social studies, which includes, um, U.S. history, world history, and geography. Awesome. And what kind of stuff do you do at your church? I know, you know, you talk a lot about your, your history working in church tech and stuff, but currently, what is your position? What's the role that you fill at your church? Uh, currently, I am the, the, I am the discipleship pastor, which means I'm in charge of, um, adult, uh, it's called adult programming um, for Wednesday nights for our midweek service, which is our discipleship night, and um, which is not the sum total of the discipleship, but we're working on expanding that. And uh, I also, I, I don't want to say I manage our social media because I don't. I'm not like our pastor does some himself. One of our guys in the office, one of the uh, um, office administrators, does some as well. But um, yeah, I work on social media a lot for the church as well. Yes, yeah, he run our run our website. See, when I hear stuff like this, I always think, you know, whenever we're talking about managing your church tech team or uh, training up leaders um, to, to run things, it's not just like Phil Schneider making up crap off the cuff. I mean, you're a discipleship pastor, so you actually have some foundational things that you're pulling from as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as church tech goes, um, I'm still the guy, if there's an event in the gym, I go put the sound system up, you know, if, um, I mean, nine times out of 10. And, um, I, I ran sound for our, our, for our youth and, uh, main church services for, for youth for about five or six years. And then also for simultaneously with the church, I ran theirs for, for eight or nine years. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how you were introduced into church tech at first. Um, like your first, your first voyage into the world of church tech. My dad was the lead pastor and we didn't have a sound man. And he said, son, you have to run sound today. I said, how do you do that? He said, here's a radio. It'll, it'll connect you to the organist. He knows how to do it. He'll tell you what to do. Okay. And that was it. You'd like to think that everyone has some kind of romantic story about how they started in church tech, but I think a majority of people, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. It's like they're, they're picked up and they're, they're thrown into the pool and it's like tread water. Yep. Hey, you're a warm body. We've got a place for warm bodies. <laughs> right. Or now with smartphones. Hey, use a smartphone. Why don't you? Do right, right. Hey, you've got an iTunes account. You could probably run sound. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Phil, tell us tell us what makes you geek out the most. Um that's a that's a that's a tough question because I'm really into a lot of different weird and geeky stuff. Um Well tell us some other things. Uh, I'm a huge fan 
of Superman and just always been a huge fan of his comic books and his story. Um, on my desk right now, I've got a bunch of different Lego figures and Superman and um, Bizarro are prominent among them. And then I'm also a huge fan of Doctor Who. That's why I wrote the devotional. I've got, I've got a, a little TARDIS on my desk as well. Just a, I'm a huge fan of both those series, which I kind of like. I'm, I, I'm a huge fan of the preeminent American and British superheroes. You know, you, you've written a lot of good posts about Superman, and and um, that's one of the reasons why is because you do adore Superman. And some people may or may not know, well, probably don't know this because we never made it public, but when I was doing the Church Mag mock-ups um, w- w- during the redesign process with the new logo and the new design and everything a few months back, I threw Superman on there because I knew you liked Superman so much. And as we record this right now, Superman is still up there on the Church Mag website, kind of built part of our logo because of the Super Phil Schneider. Yeah, I, I noticed that, and I didn't speak of it because I want to keep making us jealous. And I want someone to say, "Well, I want my superhero up there." I don't, <laughs> and then have him pick a lame one like the Elongated Man or something, or Swamp Thing. Ah, jeez. What is your favorite book, or maybe even your favorite book as that you've re- that you've read recently? Because I know, because I know that you are an avid reader. I mean, there's a reason why you write so well. And it's because you read a lot. Yeah, for anybody, reading is the recipe is the source for writing. Um, gosh, I, I, I'm actually way behind in my goal of thirty books this year. Um, I'm, not, I'm trying not to count graphic novels, even though I think graphic novels do count. I've read two this year. I've not put on my list. Yeah, I might put them on later on. Depends, on, depends if I can't get thirty books otherwise. Um, but like if you if you're at 28, then they're definitely on the list. Exactly, am I right? Exactly. <laughs> it was December 31st. I'm at 28 books. Okay, let's go back. Let's go backtrack this and put these on here. <laughs> but I just read a um, graphic novel. Um, I think it was Marvel Knights. It was uh, the Century. It was pretty good. Um, it was, it was kind of. I don't know if it's canon now. I don't want to follow Marvel very closely, but um, it's kind of a what if story. Like, what if you were the greatest superhero in the world? Like the first one, the greatest one, and no one ever knew you existed. And it walks through. It was pretty good. Um, but no, uh, Kevin Kelly's The Inevitable was a book on technology, which was just fantastic. It's it's for me. It's a little bit scary. He's very positive the future technology and how it'll be how ubiquitous and um, all consuming it'll be. That 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 scares me a little bit. A little bit actually. I'm a very, I'm a, I'm an old soul. I, I like pen and paper. Um, so if my penmanship was better, I probably would never have left the notepad behind. Um, but then like, as far as like, you know, just enjoyment reading, I probably reviewed this, reviewed this for church mag two years ago, but, um, ready player one was just a fantastic novel. And I just request, I just got, um, Armada, which is by the same author, uh, Ernest Klein, great book, ready player one. Um, some, some mature elements. So there's a little warning out there. If you got a, there's a 13 year old kid that's into this, you might, you might not want to read it yet, buddy. Wait till you're 16 or 17 because it's a little bit mature stuff. But great, great book. Oh, I needed to pick that up on on um, like an audio book or something and listen to that just because I, 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 I've heard so many good things about yeah, it. It's a, it, it, for anybody, it, it was a great book, but if anyone was um, alive in the 80s, it would be I, I, I'm a conscious child in the eighties. Like I was born in eighty three, so most of the eighties I don't remember. But if you were a conscious child in the eighties, you will love this book. 
because it is just just peppered with all kinds of um, of eighties references. Cool, cool. Hey, I'm curious have Have you tried any of the e comics like through Kindle? Because I know Kindle has, or rather, Amazon has a, a service for comic books, and then I know DC and Marvel. They, I, I think, they might have their own platforms as well. There's different ways to get e comics, but ha- have you messed with those at all? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, for a while, there, Marvel and DC had their own apps, and you could download free comics every every month. And I would go on there and download all the free ones every every month, just so I had them in my collection. But now I use this app. Um, pull them on my iPad. Um, Comicsology. That's it. With a there's no. It's com- okay. comics with an X. Yeah, that's the Amazon well, service. Thought, isn't yeah, it? they weren't, but I think they they are yeah, now. Yeah. It's just like Audible. Amazon couldn't do it, so they bought it. Um, mm-hmm. But they have a partnership right. with they 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 work with Marvel and DC and. Um, I've got an idea for a book on Superman, a long, a long form um, book, and um, which I won't detail now. I don't think eh, I don't know, but anyway, I downloaded several. I paid like ten dollars to download like um, like five or six uh, important like landmark comic book issues that involved uh, involved the Big Blue Boy Scout. Interesting. So, so, so can you can. Can you only do it on your iPad? I've read a few on there. Do you, can you only do it on a tablet, or can you do them on a desktop as well? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know. The Comic Solutions got a desktop um, app. I hate reading on my desktop uh, in general, and um, but I'm sure there's a me pro- too. But I don't have an iPad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you can do it on a phone too. Um, I'm on the website now, and I can probably log in. I bet you can read it online. I'm, log, I'm logging in now. Interesting. Just, now, when, when you're using on the mobile device, does it do like full page or does it go like frame by frame? How does that um, work? It is full page, but um, I think there's a way to zoom in frame by frame. I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, there was at least one of the apps I used to have could do that. You can do frame by frame read, which I like. I like. I'll have to. I'll have to give it a try. If anything, get if not a free one, like get you know worth get you know spend like a buck or two just to try it out because I'm really curious. Yeah, I. I think, as much as I like the art form of the paper and everything, it's you know every everything goes electronic. I mean, it's inevitable. It it doesn't spoil. It's always with you. You know, it's always on the cloud. That sort of thing. So it's appealing to me. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a great way of reading comic books. I read a few already this summer on my iPad. Not not many because I've been reading so many other things. Um, so it's been, it's been like one of those, one of those deals where oh, I want to read this. Well, I don't have time to read that. So I can't, I can't read it now. Yeah. So somebody got me the, um, uh, X-Files, uh, comics through the iTunes or the iBooks or whatever. And it, it doesn't work well on my iPhone at all. Um, but because it's through iBooks and it isn't going through like, a comics comic book centric kind of kind of thing. I'm wondering if 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 their service and their program were, would work better. Mm. I do want I'll to check it I out. I'm curious. Let me see if I can pull up my uh, library on here because I, I kept seeing average. I even I, you know I googled it or I was looking it up a little bit because I was looking. Um, my son had been reading Mouse Guard. I don't know if you've heard of Mouse Guard. I highly recommend. And we we had um, Mouse Guard in actual. Hard, hardbound, you know, paper that that whole business, and so we were checking out how much they would cost your Amazon, and then I stumbled upon the their newly acquired comic book service, and uh, so I I get ads for it now because I looked it up once, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the oh, magic yeah. of the internet. I yeah. mean, I see it on Instagram, like 
every every place I go, I see it now. And they were running a sale, you know, like the uh, introduction to to the DC characters was fifty percent off. And so I keep seeing it, and you know, I'll be honest, it's wearing me down. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can turn on on the I'm on I'm online right now. And you can read online and you can turn on what they call guided view, which takes you through the, through the page pane by pane. Now it's, it's harder to do that on, I'm looking at, I'm looking at action comics number one, which is Superman's first comic book. And they didn't do it straight pane by pane style back then. And in some, in some books where the panes are larger, um, or like the multi-pane spread, it's difficult yeah, your iPad, your, your tablet would be ideal yes, for those. Yes. For sure. But you can you can read on your phone I too. Can get into you that. can read if you do guided view. That's guided view. I think was intended for like a phone phone mm-hmm. reading because then it puts just just enough to fill the phone right. screen. Cool. All right. Well, I have to download it now. Um, if if I end up spending a decent amount of money on this, I blame you. That's you know what? It's fine. <laughs> I'm, awesome, I'm downloading some free comics books right now. I'm so proud of you right now. I, I have to do that today, today or tomorrow, this weekend. I'm on it. This is the we're recording this on the July Fourth weekend. So this weekend, I'm all up into that comic comic book business. And um, because it is an independent app like that, whether you're using Android or iOS, or you're kind of like me and you're a little spazzy and you kind of flip back and forth a little bit, you're golden because it's not it's not uh, platform centric. Yes, exactly. Nice. All right, Phil, let's see here. A final question here. Let's see what, what I got here. Um, I was going to ask you, like, maybe what your favorite video game is, but comic books is really your thing, less so on the video games. Well, when I was a kid, um, I was huge on video games. And so for me, uh, the gold. What was your favorite? Like, what was, your- was, all, was my favorite. That's game. right. It was. I knew that Goldeneye. Goldeneye was my, was my favorite. I mean, I was, I'm also I'm a big fan of Mario too. So I, I love, um, like the um, I've got Mario one. I see, you know the original original Mario Brothers on my Wii right now. I've got number three. Number two is a little bit too esoteric for my daughter to play, so we just left it off. Well, two two is it was actually a Japanese game of a different title, and they just changed that for the American version. The actual. The actual Japanese too. Yes, no, I, I yeah, know. That, that's the good one. You know, I don't. Is it just me, or is if Nintendo would just quit being so stubborn and would release those classic games on all mobile platforms, they would make a killing. I would pay ten dollars right off the bat to have to have Mario on my phone. A Mario, you could a Mario, you could save so you can you can play it whenever you whenever you have time. I would pay ten dollars right off the bat because you know back in the day, guys like us who were, who were good at Mario, I'm assuming here. I, I beat it. Uh, I beat you it. Could, you could save the princess in like seven minutes. Uh, no, I could not do that. It took me hours, but I beat it one, one time. Well, like if you warp, like if you get, you know. Oh, if I warped, yeah. But see, I don't. I don't warp. Oh, you went straight through. I don't think I warped. I think I played all eight levels. See, I did that later. Like after, you know, you save the princess whenever the heck you want to, I would go through. And I actually found that World 7 was the hardest world in Super Mario Brothers. Um, I can't remember what World 7 looked like. It was hard. Yeah, trust me. It was hard. <laughs> I'm going to do a Google image search here. <laughs> but seriously, like... Don't you hate it when, like, when you go to Google and it doesn't autocomplete perfectly for you? It's so annoying. Yeah. Like... Well, and on my mobile phone, I have um, 
two different languages on it so that if I'm typing in Italian or English and sometimes when you go to the emojis and it gets switched around and I'm typing in English and I'm not looking at the screen and it's autocorrecting in Italian and it's just oh, like <laughs> complete gibberish, you know, and then you have to go fix your Instagram text. Mm. No, I'm kidding. But yeah. seriously. Mario, the Mario image search has been flooded with with newer versions. So I can't find it. Sort of mad. But yeah. I, wah, wah, wah. But seriously, yeah. if they would put it, if they would put it on, if they would make them available mobile, I mean, oh yeah, you know, and it, it, they need to they need to realize like, look, how many times can you make money off of the same game? Eventually, people are just going to quit quit doing it. They're going to quit buying it because either the nostalgia is worn off, or you have an entire generation coming up that doesn't appreciate it from a nostalgia point of view. It just seems to me like they had to just put it out there, sell it on the mobile, and call it good. Yeah, that's the thing is that there's they're still convinced they're a hardware platform, and that's where they have to realize that the nostalgia factor for those games is you've only got maybe maybe ten more years because like my daughter. We're trying to raise her on it, but she can't figure it out. It's too difficult for her. She's raised in the iOS world, so she can't. She cannot figure it out. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's like my son. He has um, on Steam. He's got the Mega Man collection. Um, I got it for him. Wait, what? Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, I wanted him to enjoy the classic Mega Man because I enjoyed him, and you know, he has that, and then he has Minecraft, and. You know, he'll he'll play the Mega Man for, for a bit, but it's always going back to, you know, a little bit more complex, a little bit more um, engrossing kind of environments. And, you know, I, I can't blame him, you know. I mean, it is superior in that sense. I mean, it's like, it's like you know, when you're talking about GoldenEye. I remember the first time I played GoldenEye. You know, I had played 3D. I'd played Doom before, but it was such a pseudo 3D. And GoldenEye was the first first-person shooter that I ever played that just just really uh, engrossed me. I mean, still, that's one of my favorite um, style of computer games is the first person because it is so engrossing. And I just remember the first time playing that and being like, when you shoot them in the leg, then it's like you shot them in the leg and they can get back up and come after you. I mean, it was just mind blown. It was so amazing. And so, yeah, um, Super Mario, that's uh, it's got a limited lifespan. It does, and they're they're just for whatever reason they don't they don't care. Or they or they, I've, I feel like originally, well, they have some sort of plan. They got a plan to to make this work for them. Now I'm just pretty sure they don't understand the the new model, and they, they've they're confident they're they're going to keep building um, consoles. People want to buy, but console playing is, is going is dying. Yeah, and sometimes I wonder if there's a cultural aspect going on. The, the kind of the difference of a Japanese run company versus American run company, if maybe that's kind of coming into play as well. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that may, we'll make this last question, whether I've already said it or not. Uh, what What do you feel like your your biggest or your greatest writing success has been, or maybe even the thing that you're most proud of having written? Um, you know, I don't. Blog post wise, it's hard to think about that. I think I'm just most proud to be part of the team, to be honest. Um, it's just uh, the fact that, that there is a website beyond my own, beyond one I own that wants to post my writing is uh, is, is a pretty huge step. Um, I'm very proud of the Doctor Who devotional, though. That was that was a really um, a lot of fun to write that one. And currently, middle, but I I I'm one of those kind of people. If I write it, I hate it. Uh, I'm very critical of my own work. <laughs> so I'm, right. I'm in the middle. 
or I've already outlined and I'm now going back through and writing out um, a book based upon a class I taught at church um, on a biblical approach to social media. And it's, it's not a how-to book. It's not even like, um, it's not even the book of social media theology, but it's going to be one more book in that vein. <laughs> but I think it's going to be a little more, a little more down to earth in some places and a little more, um, pie in the sky and others. So maybe it'll bounce other books out. Maybe it will challenge other books. I don't know. But so far I'm, I'm halfway through, uh, or I've finished the first section of it and I really like it. I think it's going to go in a good place. So uh, that's a rare, rare feeling for me mid project. Yeah. You've already sent me a little bit of a snippet and I'm really looking forward to, to uh, seeing how, how it comes out all complete and finished and everything, because it is, a, it isn't just another, social media book it is it is unique in 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 what you're doing and um as far as my favorite things you've you've written i would definitely say that i agree i think the doctor who devotional is one of those things that it feels like it hits what we're doing and our niche and our community so spot on i I think it is so cool i i don't understand why we haven't sold thousands of copies quite frankly i mean come on (laughs) i think what the problem was we we missed the doctor who peak i think is what it was because it came out in 2014 i think eric yeah, or fall 2014. And I think it was just before the changeover to um, Capaldi. So all the um, all the 13 year old girls who were hot after doctors, hot after doctors 10 to 11, were like, "What is this old man doing? Where is where is the eye candy?" Oh, Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag podcast by visiting Church Mag. You'll find the link in the main menu. Go to churchm.ag, that's Church Mag, churchm.ag, and while you're hanging out on Church Mag, send us a message and subscribe to the Church Mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the show every Friday. Until next week. The Church Mag podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. 